it benefits us all in the sense that uh, it, it makes us partners together in life as we cover each other, um, as some areas of the economy begin to slow a little bit. So, um, that being said, I, I think it's a powerful time just to check on those that you know that work in the chain. How are you doing? What can we do? How can we serve you? What do you think the plans are? And those things, uh, that goes a long way. And so, uh, I really appreciate some of our leaders who've been making some contact with people who work in those areas. So, uh, let's keep them in prayer. Amen? It's good. I, I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Revelation um, chapter 3. Uh, not Revelations. Revelation, it's singular. And I, I think uh, what I have been working on uh, for us for this new year is it, it was great. And I, but I feel like the Lord moved a little bit differently this week as uh, I was off and didn't have anything else to do, nothing else uh, to focus on but my own prayer time and just time in the Word and, and those things. And I felt a new word from the Lord come as I was praying over this year. And as we, especially as we start our renewing our vision series for the next four, five, six weeks, whatever that looks like, to talk about who we are, what God is doing with us, how that's renewed in us as a congregation, as a church, as an individual. Everybody say, it starts with me. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be sharing uh, some things that I think are very critical some things that um, happen that you may not know about, some vision, some ideas, some thoughts, uh, and uh, it, to include where we're at, opportunities. Everybody say opportunity. Opportunity, opportunity that before us as a ministry. Um, current plans and how God is adjusting and moving in some ways. Uh, I think it's going to be very, very good uh, once we get the full idea. I spent some time with my friend uh, this week just... Uh, you know, early in the morning I get up, my wife doesn't get up early as I do, and um, I didn't go to the gym this past week, I just took the week off, but I am up early, and I spent some time with Nehemiah, come on somebody, and there's something about a man of vision that encourages me, and even though I'm not going to be sharing out of Nehemiah, he, he re-inspires me to think about the big picture, the big plan, the wholeness of what God is doing. And he encourages me not to get lost and caught up in details so that I can't see the big, the, the big picture of God. And sometimes I can, I can get so focused on a picture that I see that I, get, I lose the vision. Help me out, church. Sometimes I get so caught up in a picture, I get so locked in to one thing that I lose the vision for everything. And so God re-inspired me this week in a couple of different ways. And we're going to share that and we're going to work through the churches in the book of Revelation. Come on somebody. Some of you are encouraged by that. It's, it's the, not revelations, it's revelation. And, and I want to encourage you that in good theology, the book of Revelation is not a book about end times. It's, it's the title of the book is The Revelation of Jesus Christ. Just happens to talk about how he's revealed in those times. Hello, somebody. And so if you move through it properly, you won't get lost in New Ageism, mysticism, or those type of things. It's not a very complicated book. 
Matter of fact, David Campbell wrote a book called The Mystery Revealed. Uh, you should get it and read through it. It will challenge you, I promise you. And I, I sat in a meeting one day, all day with uh, David Campbell one day, as he taught through the book of Revelation in one day. Hello, somebody. Uh, and, and in that time, he took the Exodus and Revelation, and he walked... It, It'll blow your mind. That being said, I want to go to Revelation 3 today. And I feel like God has given me permission in the past, but I haven't simply because I feel like I know too much. But I feel like God's pushed me and poked me a little bit to be more prophetic this year. I hesitate to do and say what I feel like God is sharing with me, because I feel like people that all oh, Pastor Don just knows my life. He knows what's going on. And so he just kind of makes that stuff up. But this year, I, I have made an agreement in the spirit that I'm going to fight that urge and speak. And that might be good. It might not be good. <laughs> but I feel like the next few weeks is very prophetic for us as a church. Revelation chapter 3, let's start with verse 7. And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia, everybody say Philadelphia. Yeah. Write the words of the Holy One, the true one, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one will open. Now God is speaking to the church at Philadelphia, to the people of that church. And listen to what he says. You might want to write January 1st, 2023, right by the scripture. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door of which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but a little power, yet you have kept my word and you have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not but a lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet. And they will learn, they will learn that I have loved you. Because you have kept my word about patient endurance. I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole earth to try those who dwell on the earth. I'm coming soon. Hello, somebody. Hold fast what you have. That's not speaking of material things. That's speaking of vision. That's speaking of calling. That's speaking of uh, a task that the Lord has assigned. The, the, the greatest thing that you have in your life is your assignment from God. Your greatest possession in your life is your assignment from God. That's why Jesus would say, seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added. Too many of us are trying to gather things so we can accomplish the task or the assignment instead of owning the assignment and trusting God he can resource what he's called. I got I to keep reading. Hold fast to what you have. So that no one may seize your crown. The one whom conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God. And the name of the city of God. The new Jerusalem which comes down from God out of heaven. And my own new name. 
He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Father, bless this word. Help our hearts to receive your prophetic utterance to us this morning. God, I pray for those who have prophetic giftings. To speak with boldness in the weeks to come. God, I pray for those who have prophetic ear to hear with liberty. God, as we reattach, God, as we renew our vision in the next few weeks. Let your presence come, God, with the assurance of who you are among us. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Well, let, let me just get this over then. Um, new beginnings require endings. New beginnings require endings. My wife said to me, she said, hey, what, what are you going to focus on? I said, this year, I'm not going to start a new project until I finish the one I'm currently working on. That's exactly what she did. She laughed. Are you like me? You just got a bunch of projects going on. Yeah, come on. Come on, Sam. We just got, I mean, there's just stuff, right? Like, stuff just happening. And what happens is, I get to a point in a particular project where, like, okay, I've got to wait for something or it can't happen right away. And so you just got to pause for some reason. You know what I'm saying? Either time or supplies or, or whatever this is. And, and, and I, I don't rest well. I don't pause well. So I just start a new project. And before, I got 50 projects on pause and not one going anywhere. New beginnings require endings of old things. You, you can't have 2023 without the end of 2022. You, 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 can't, you can't have the beginning of a new chapter without the ending of an old chapter. New beginnings, and this is the time of year where we think about those things. New beginnings, man. This is the time of the year where we struggled for so long. We can't wait for that time or that season of struggle to be gone so that a new season starts. It's January 1st. It's kind of that way for us. It's, it's, it's the new year. No more little Debbies. True, and this is why I love you. <laughs> See, the reason so many of us don't experience new beginnings that we desperately want is because we refuse to allow old chapters to end. We just refuse, even though we say we want it to end. But we refuse to allow it to end. Come on, how many of you have ever made New Year's resolutions? Come on. And how many of you have kept every single one of them? Now, come on, in the gym, you know, we're there first of the year. You know, January, it's full. Not at Dave's Hardcore because, you know, Dave is usually there early in the morning. And if you're there, it's just too painful. And so people don't even bother. But it starts to fade mid-February, 
right? Come on, Tanya, help me out, Joe, right? Like, starts to fade a little bit mid-February, and all of a sudden, you're back to the normal old people who are just going to show off every day. They're not there because they made a New Year resolution. They're just there. Some of them, like, uh, you know, John and, 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 and Mr. Smith back there, they, they're, they're not there to work out. They're just there to talk. I have sat there, and we have worked out for two and a half hours. Come on, Manny. And we, on a Saturday morning, we have lifted and worked out, sweating and sore. Dave's been yelling at us. Jeremy Smith and John Yoder have been over there in the corner for two and a half hours. They hadn't moved yet. And we're still lifting, and they're like, all right, we'll see you guys later. I'm like, what did you come to drink? You you didn't even drink coffee. You drank pre-workout and didn't work out. <laughs> and so Jeremy's like, I paid my money. I do what I want to when I'm here. I said, I, you know, it's Fellowship Saturday around here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's the same weight you lift last week. Yep. <laughs> You're going on the same road. You wind up at the same house. And he walks off. And I'm just like, oh, my God. No, they're not doing anything over there. Come on. Confession's good for the soul. You know why re- resolutions are tough to keep? Because they're built on looking backwards. You try to look forward with them, but you base looking forward on looking backwards. Hello. That's why resolutions at the New Year's don't, they rarely work. And, you know, we know we ought to do better. And we look backwards and then we try to look forward for a different way or a different thing. You know, in, in Rome, it's pretty, Rome, um, it, it, carpenters were just over there a little bit. And in the Pantheon, the Romans had a god called Janus. It's where we get our word janitor. It's where we get the name of the month January from. Am I right there, Aaron? I think so. Yep, I'm close anyway. Now, Janus was the god of doors to the Romans. And what happened is Janus is depicted as a two-faced god. One looking forward, one looking backwards. And... When you went through a door, what you were supposed to do is invoke the protection of Janus because you didn't know what might be on the other side, but the God of doors did. Hello, somebody. And it's it's from this God that the word janitor comes from, which which means someone who takes care of doors. January comes from, looking forward, the beginning, those type of things, newness, uh, anyway... The problem is we live our lives looking backward to look forward because we think we can do something in the new year that we refuse to do in the old year. The the flipping of a calendar doesn't make you a different person. Anybody get calendars in the mail? You get like a paper calendar you hang on the wall 
Does anybody hang a calendar on the wall anymore? You, hard tongue, you would. You, Maria, you would hang. She does, doesn't she, Aaron? Like, huh? It's, it, Mike Munson would hang it. You do, right? Like, We flip that thing, like we take the old one down, and now we got to put a new one up in its spot, right? And there are all the blocks of the days and the month, and you know, you can't wait to flip, because you'll see the new picture for the new month, as if that picture is supposed to inspire you more than the one from the previous month did. Now, some of y'all need deliverance from the calendars you used to hang up. You know those calendars that had cars on them. Yeah, those calendars, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say who's driving the car or what they were not wearing driving the car. Here's the issue. It's a problem. We're the same people on January 1st that we were on December 31st. We haven't changed. We have the same skills. Come on, church. We got, we got the same resources. We, we, we got the same problems. Somebody can say, man, you So what makes us think we can do it any better? What makes us think that the flip of a calendar will make us do something today that we didn't do yesterday? Maybe there's some of us in here this morning that believe we won't ever change. Every year I go through this, Pastor Don, it just doesn't work. Nothing's going to be different this year than it was last year. Just What's the point? You see, I, I took a break from... Facebook, because it almost cost me my salvation. It's back up now, but it'll be different. And I watch people deal with things. And these long posts. Basically, I can sum them all up with, and what's the use in trying? I mean, victimhood. Read them. I'm a victim. I'm the victim. I'm the victim. I'm the victim. It's bad. It's all bad. It's those things. I'm the victim. And it's a trap. That's a trap of the enemy. That is a trap, especially for men. Especially for grown men. So stuff happened to you. Join the club. I'll make you president if that makes you feel better. (laughs) Let me help you out what Jesus said. More stuff's going to happen to you. He said, while you live in this world, you shall have. He never gave you permission to be a victim. Now, we all do it. We all like to sing the blues. It's the first hymn in our hymnal. Why me, Lord? You suggest something new? I've been there and done that. Leopard can't. You you ever see people who just, you just look at it and you go, well, a leopard's never going to change its spots. Come on. Lots of us, if we're honest, can be fatalist at times. We, we can. We can be fatalists. We believe certain things are inevitable, so why even try? 
Your theme is a Spanish phrase. Que sera, sera. Come on, say it with me, Nancy. What will be, will be. Come on, y'all remember that old movie Doris Day played in? Oh, some of y'all. See, I'm, I can't be the oldest guy in the room. Come on. Some of you young people got no idea. They have no idea. Que sera, sera. They're like, wait, is that, that's a dish on a Mexican menu. I know what you're thinking. Right? Que sera. No, that's, come on, that's queso. That's the cheese. Which is fantastic on everything. You could put queso on pancakes in the morning and it will be amazing. Sometimes you go to the Mexican restaurant, we just order a bowl of queso. Don't act like you don't. Doris Day, that movie, Que Sera, Sera. What will be, will be. The future is not ours to see. Que Sera, Sera. Come on. And so we live this way, just kind of lifting up our hands, shrugging our shoulders. Oh, well, what will be, will be. It's just the way it is. Come on. No, come on. It's no use. Why bother? Right? We get this Winnie the Pooh spirit about us. And the Lord Jesus says, no. The one who was, the one who is, and the one who is to come, he says no. The believers at Philadelphia, listen to what the Spirit of God said to them. I know your works. I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. I know that you have little power and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I know your works. How many of you know God's paying attention? You think he isn't sometimes when you're struggling. When you're going through some things, you think God got lost. God got distracted. Okay, Don's like, God's like Pastor Don, he's chasing squirrels. I know your works. God says, I know what you've been doing. I can look backwards with you. I see what you've done. And it's not bad. Listen to what God is saying. It's good stuff. But he also says, now look forward. Come on, church. Look at what needs to be done. Look at what I've set before you. It's an open door. It's an opportunity. It's not a burden. It's not a chore. It's an opportunity. It's not drudgery. It's not the same old, same old, but it's a fresh opportunity. You are given an open door, and no one will be able to shut it. How how many ever... You watch that movie, there's a Robin Williams uh, uh, movie called uh, Dead Poets Society. All right, right? Now, uh, he's a little bit different than Doris Day. What will be, will be. It just is what it is. Just never mind. Don't worry about it. No big deal. No, in Dead Poets Society, Robin Williams is a teacher, and he's got a ramble of boys that he's supposed to teach. They're unruly. They're just, uh, you know, can't be inspired by anything. And, and here it is, right? Like he confronts this troop of schoolboys who are about as hopeless as kids can ever be. They're lazy. They're rowdy. They're rude. 
They're actually cast-offs. People didn't want them anymore. And so what happens is, this school was really not a school for education. It was a school where they just put these boys away. Whatever will be, will be. Who cares? What can you do about anything? But Robin Williams plays a teacher in this movie who can't pass up these boys. Most somebody. He doesn't see them as mere misfits who, who, who can never achieve anything. Instead, he, he begins to design a strategy of being outrageous with them. Come on. That, you got to watch. I mean, just going to be outrageous with them in a way to encourage them and lead them in a, in a different way of leaving. And so he gets their attentions by doing off-the-wall things. Wild things. And these boys got interested in learning. He dressed up in costumes. Come on, you, I can't. You, it's a great movie. He creates games that teach them to learn. He organizes dramas. He founds a club. And these boys who were lazy and unruly now become boys who are reading classic literature. And he calls this club the Dead Poets Society. He's determined. And as the days and weeks wear on, little by little, one by one, these boys begin to respond. They begin to care. They begin to learn. They inch their way out of despair and negativism. In spite of themselves, they start to change. Finally, one day in a burst of excitement, the boldest of Robin Williams' outrageous teaching techniques, he jumps on top of his desk and he begins to chant, Carpe Diem. Seize the day. Carpe Diem. Seize the day. Carpe Diem. Seize the day. Take the opportunity. Now these boys aren't accustomed to see a teacher on top of his desk. And so they're shocked. And all of a sudden they begin to hear, they begin to feel. And one by one, hesitant at first, you got to see the scene. Finally raising to an incredible chorus, they begin to shout with him. Carpe diem. Seize the day. Seize the day. Seize the opportunity. Now, I, I want you to grab a hold of the difference between K Sarah Sarah and Carpe Diem. There's a big gap between fatalism that says nothing can be done, I can't change, I can't be different, and the Spirit promising us open doors that no one can shut. That's a big gap. 
And the world that we live in wants you to be convinced that nothing will change. So that you'll be dependent on them. So that you'll be dependent on the things of the world. So that you'll live. The world wants you to live. The world wants you to turn your life over, your vision, your dreams, your aspirations, the things God has put in your heart. God wants you to, the world wants you to lay those things down. But the Spirit of God says, no. I have given you opportunity. I have given you opportunity. The world isn't giving you opportunity. Religion's not giving you opportunity. Your job's not giving you opportunity. As a matter of fact, uh, you don't have the ability to have any of this opportunity. I know you have no resources to make opportunity happen, but I have given you opportunity, and I am giving you an opportunity that nobody can shut the door on. That's what God is saying to this church and to these believers. I know your works. I know you've done something. I know you've kept yourself going. I know your works. Come on. And I know you got little power. I know you're small and struggling. And you think you're insignificant. I do not believe that the Lord is calling us to beat up on ourselves. I don't believe it. Even though I'm like you, human, I do it. Come on, somebody. And I think that that calls us to, re- to, to need to repent for certain things. To confess strongholds that are on our lives. To be open about the things that pull us away from open doors. I don't believe the Lord wants us to sit around and wallow in victimhood. Especially men. By the way, the men's conference is coming up March uh, March, uh, 16th through uh, 18. uh, And every man has no excuse not to be there. Yep, sorry. Got to work, Pastor Don. Really? The opening day of hunting season is on a work day. Hey, boss, guess what? Opening day hunting season tomorrow. I'm probably not going to be here. Hey, boss, guess what? I'm going away for a weekend so that I can learn how to be a better man so I'm a better employee. I'm going away for the weekend so that I have to come to work and fuss and be lack of productive because I've got so many family problems because I don't know how to lead my family. Hey, boss. Anyway, soapbox, where did that come from? See, this is the reason a lot of men don't want to hang out with us because they want to stay victims. But I like, I like hanging out with guys even when I get into victimhood saying, no, no, that's not what we're doing. It's not what we're doing. We're not, we're not, not today. We're not doing that today. No, no, that's not what we're doing. Yeah, or tomorrow or the next day. It's just not what we're doing. Just, you know what, get over it. Look, if you do nothing but look backward, you're never going to be free to become what God wants you to become. I I just need to tell everybody who's a Christian who loves Jesus, regardless of what church they go to or what church they belong to. Listen, if we live our life looking backward, no wonder we never become the people of God that he wants us to be. We, We start thinking about mistakes or the bad things, experiences. We live in unforgiveness. 
And we think, Kesarasara, whatever it be, it's just, you know, it is what it is. You live that way, you'll die emotionally. You'll die spiritually. You'll even die physically. Let me ask you something. How many of you just have made a commitment? Man, I am going to read my Bible. And you find that as a struggle. You, come on, let's just be honest. Can, I, all right, so I'll be the only one at the altar today. And I'm the preacher. You know why? Because people call me as soon as I wake up. Matter of fact, some call me before I wake up. And I'm like, this is my Bible reading time. All right, got to put it. You know, listen, I get it. We all push through it, right? And, and, and so we feel like a fair. I can't even read my Bible. Can't even get in and read the Bible. I don't understand it anyway and those type of things. Listen, we're going to help you out this year. I promise you. I've seen people will their own death because there's nothing that they can do. I, I've, seen, I've seen marriages die that didn't have to die because people think, what's the use? I've seen parents give up on prodigals because they what's the use? Right, come on, church. If you're here today and you're in the depths of depression because of your failures, I want you to consider that the Lord knows your works. Listen to me. The Lord knows what you have done that's right and that's worthy. The Lord knows, too, how little power you have uh, in reality against the things that you face every day. What about that person who's gotten trapped in substance abuse? Come on. Was it wrong? Yes. Y'all not helping me today. I mean, y'all stayed up way too late. I want to say to that person, that's not who you are. And that's not who you will always be. Come on. What about those marriages that have just struggled to survive for years? That's not who you are and that's not who you will be. You just can't be married this year like you were last year. Come on. What about that person who's been struggling with, with an addiction, a pornography, right? Come on, guys. Come on, even ladies, right? Listen, that's not who you are. It's a case of Sarah. I just, you know, go around with this thing. It's always the same thing. No, seize the day. Seize the day. Seize the day. Sometimes, gentlemen, like we said last year, you got to go down into a pit with a lion and say, one of us ain't coming out of here alive, and it ain't going to be me. Come on. Sometimes you got to seize the day. The Lord knows that's not who you are. Maybe there's an ex-convict here listening. That's not who you are. So you used to be. You are more than that. The Lord knows your works and he knows you have little power and yet he still loves you. And this year he sets before you an open door. I want you to receive it that no one can shut. This is not que sera time. And this is carpe diem time. Come on church. 2023 is carpe diem. Seize the day. Seize the day. 
cannot be hopelessly mired in past mistakes. Can I, can I just be honest for a minute? This past year, I took a couple of hits, personally. Sure. And that's okay. But let me be honest in this. What I didn't realize is those shots reinforced some things I was disappointed in. Sure, I get disappointed. Does that shock you? Does that shock you? Those personal shots, whatever. But what I didn't realize is that they reinforced, the enemy used them to reinforce some disappointments I had. And those disappointments were things that I wanted for us. Come on, church. Some things that I felt like I rejected or even ignored. Hello, somebody. And so I gave into a little bit of time of complaint, to tell you the truth. And I wondered if my leadership was effective anymore, and I felt the Lord speak to me. And here's what I felt the Lord say. All you're doing is talking about the things that have not been done. Look at all the things that have been done. Count the things we would not be doing today if you had not pushed. And I thank God for that word. Come on, I thank God in my spirit. Maybe that's not you, and that's all right. I thank God for that word in my spirit. Because we all go through times when we feel like it's all for naught, right? And, and we see, we, we can't see what God has done. And we, we, we get into the case, Sarah, Sarah, and the Spirit of God comes and says, No, 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 seize the day. Seize the day. Seize the day. Keep going. I've set before you an open door which no one can shut. I've, I, I've done some things. You've done some things. Come on, brothers and sisters. This church has done some things. Some things you don't even know about. There's a church in Bonfim, Brazil, that would not have existed without this church. And it is in a town where a church had never been. It is in a town where there was a, a temple erected to worship demons. A festival happens every year in that town. And people crawl. They lay in front of these, this wall full of idols and demons. And, and they celebrate this festival. And it's, it's unbelievable. And, and Pastor Ignacio had a vision to go there and plant a church. There's never been a church there. And, 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 and I said, well, take me there. And he began to cry. Right? Wept. And he said, you would go there? And I was like, why not? He said, most pastors are scared to go to that place. The devils walk the streets there. I was like, that's all the more reason I want to go. And we go to this town, and, 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 and at the road, the entrance into this town is this huge statue. It's the creepiest thing you've ever seen in your life. And Pastor Nacio said, get ready. We start a house church in there. Come on. And there are children. There are children there that have never heard the gospel. They begin to hear the gospel. And somewhat two years later, we went back. Two, two years later, three years later, we went back. And Pastor Ignacio, that church had grown. And now that when they have services, they have to do children's church out in the street. For all the children in that community that come and worship Jesus and praise Jesus in the street. You did that. 
You don't even know. You don't even know. Bible college is going so well that nation to nation, and you might hear some about that in May, wants us, is asking Firm Foundation Ministries to take Kenya. They want to give us the country of Kenya, and they want us to start Bible colleges in Kenya. They say, every time you go, if you take four people, we can start 20 Bible colleges. And each Bible college has the potential of training 200 pastors. He said, and, and, and your gift, they said, and your gift is this. It's incredible. They have acres and acres and thousands of acres of land, but they don't know how to farm it. And so they're hungry. If we only had some farmers who knew how to farm. Come on, church, there's an opportunity. But see, some of y'all don't even have a passport. Carpe diem. Well, Pastor Don, what if we die? Didn't the Lord promise us that was going to happen anyway? Carpe diem. Do you understand what is happening in, in, our, in front of us? Like we've got a young lady on the mission field right now. Come on, church, you did that. You know how you did that? You inspired her to worship the Lord since she's been little. Come on, we've sent, Amy, we've sent missionaries out. We've sent our youth group every other year out to do missions. We've gone on, all these things are happening in this little church, this little church. Come on, somebody. You've done some things, brothers and sisters. And with God's help, we can do some more. Come on. Do you understand why we push to build? Because on a given Sunday night, between Bible memory, middle school, and high school, there are a hundred kids who want to be here. The parents, parents literally say, we have to set an alarm to make sure we get up from our Sunday evening na- afternoon nap to get the kids here in time. We don't have room for them. I want to encourage this church not to get lost in the picture and lose the vision. You see, I don't care what it looks like. I care what they look like. Oh, y'all got it. This is what we do. Win the lost, equip the save, and send the equipped. Planted a church. Look at this church is growing. It's full, right? They have the potential to pay off their building in the next two and a half years. They're going to be debt-free as a ministry over there. It was a full church building in Pawpaw, a new community. You did that. You have done some things. Come on, church. I want to encourage you. You have done some things. Do you realize last Sunday morning to the Burden of my heart, because I knew I was going to get an email. I knew somebody was going to beat me up. I knew somebody was going to say something. We had to cancel church. We just felt like, man, it's dangerous. Just like everybody loves Jesus. Okay? It's okay. I'm the worst one about it. And the elders are like, hey, I just think it's wisdom. And I kept asking questions. And I kept asking questions. And I kept at, right, Mike? I was like, everybody knew I didn't want to cancel. You know, the team, the team is a great thing. 
And then as soon as we got the call about Skylar, I was like, that was the best thing we did. Do you know last week we didn't have church? And our offering was over $9,000? What? 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 And I sent that out to the elders on Monday morning early, and I was like, I can't, I can't believe this. When's the last time we stood up in a worship service where you've heard Pastor Don said, okay, and now it's time to take up the offering. Raise your hand if you can remember the last time I did that. But you give every week. The week before that, our offering was combined with everything, it was over $30,000 for one week. At the end of the year, you people are crazy. And I love it! Oh, oh, and by the way, I'm setting you up because the tithing message is coming. Y'all know, it's coming. You people have done some things. You have done some things you don't even realize. You've done some things. It's, it's unbelievable to think about equipping, sending, starting schools, starting churches, discipling, right? Raising up ministry work and, and those things. You've done some things. Can I say this to a church? Living the carpe diem life versus the Sarah, Sarah life. It's not only a matter of knowing that you've accomplished some things in spite of our weaknesses. It's a question of maintaining our identity. Who is Firm Foundation Ministry? Who are we? Who are we? I love it. The Lord says to the church of Philadelphia, I've skipped through some of the notes if you're following along. You've kept my word and you've not denied my name. You've kept my word with patience and endurance. Hold fast to what you have. You've kept my word. Keep your identity. Don't try to be somebody else. This church is not the church down the road. Not that the church down the road is bad. Hello, somebody. It's not my job to lead the church down the road. Therefore, I won't criticize the church down the road. And neither will you. At this church, we don't talk bad about other churches. We don't. Not our job. Not our focus. They're doing what Jesus called them to do. We're doing what Jesus called us to do. And we're going to bless everybody along the way. We said, that way I don't have to apologize for what I've been called to do. Because it's not about me versus. It's not about you versus. It's not about our church versus. It's about our church knowing who we are and doing what God's called us to do. There's no, there's no competition in that. Do you know I'm in, I'm in no competition with another Don Smith. Because there ain't another one. And many of you said, thank God. <laughs> one of my favorite cartoons is the Peanuts. I love Charlie Brown. Come on, somebody. Uh, and you should read the strip, comic strips and all those good stuff, right? And, and one of these comic strips, I remember that Charlie Brown's having a conversation with Lucy. And, and he looks up at a plane crossing the sky and he says, you see that plane up there, Lucy? That's where I'd like to be. I'd like to be going someplace different. Maybe if I got someplace different, the people there would like me 
and treat me better than the people do here. And Lucy, ever the counselor, hello somebody. She reminds me of my wife. She omits any words. She replies instantly to Charlie Brown. Forget it, Charlie Brown, forget it. Once you get there, the new people will get to know you, and you'll be right back where you started. Okay, Sarah. Sarah. Can I say this? The issue is not where we live. Or who we have to deal with. The issue is who we are and how we handle our identity. We don't have to try to be somebody we ain't. God already made you special. God already made this church special. Before I ever came along, God already made this church special. Today, it's just, I sent that out early this morning to the elders. I was like, hey, this is 19 years ago on this Sunday. My wife and I came into a little bitty church. Didn't even have its own building. Little Brenda was sitting on the front row. I mean, little Brenda. Little diaper Brenda. Big old hair. I love it. And her parents were leading worship, and she was sitting right there. Just being Brenda. And, and I remember we were just worshiping the Lord. And I also remember being in conflict because I was told before I ever met Firm Foundation Ministries, the people, we met Doug and Nancy, but the people of Firm Foundation Ministries, I was told don't go over there with much hope. The church is closing. I was told, go over there and take care of what's left until we figure out how to close the door. That's what I was told. And on the ride home from that church, I looked at my wife and I said, I'm going to be in so much trouble. She said, why, oh God, why? <laughs> I said, because God spoke to me. Number one, God doesn't call me to close churches. God's called me to plant churches. And number two, God's not closing the door on that church. He's got so much for that church to do. The other day I watched an interview with Ben Carson. You guys know who Ben Carson is? Neurosurgeon who ran for president of the United States. Some of you, maybe you know his story. Um, he's poor and raised in a fatherless home, and he's full of anger. And one day he, he almost killed another young man. He had a knife. And he credits his mother. If you've not read his story or listened to him tell it, he credits his mother for turning him around. And he, he said, my mother had the ability to take the very hands that almost used a knife to take someone's life and turn it into a surgeon's hands who took a knife and saved people's lives. If you know much about Ben Carson, he was the first to separate conjoined twins of the head and those type of things. You just gotta, you gotta watch those particular things. He's a very, very intelligent man. In this interview, he spoke about his mom and everything that she faced and she was one of 24 children she was married at age 13. 
Now, with all those markers in her life, in our society, minority, poor, uneducated, you can guess. Come on. But Ben Carson says that the one thing his mother did have that set her on a different course was that she knew she was a child of God. And she never thought of herself as a victim. She always saw herself as a victor. And if there was an obstacle in her way, it wasn't, oh my, I can't do it, I'll have to quit. Instead, it was, I'm a child of God. Come on. And the God that I'm a child of will make a way where there seems to be no way. And Ben Carson is who he is today. This amazing surgeon, this Christ-like man, because his mother made him read books. And she wept over him when she prayed for him. And in her weeping, she prayed, God, open doors for this boy. In her struggle, it wasn't Sarah. In her struggle, it was seize the day. Seize the day. Because it belongs to Christ. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you something this morning. Church, I want you to hear me and hear me good. And I, I'm moving towards it. Okay, you just, I know you stayed up late and you're ready for a nap. Can I say to us, can I say to you personally, can I say to our ministry... God will honor our faithfulness. Mine and your life and our ministry may not seem as exciting as the ones you follow on Instagram. Come on, I see all these famous big ministries that you follow on Instagram and you watch them and they got the, you know, the and I, we got some sermon jams. Breno does good with that and those type of things. And I think, man, they're great and those things. But, you know, they're, they're, they're big. But I, it, maybe our church isn't as exciting as that. Maybe it's not as, as brilliant as that. I literally had someone tell me that, Pastor Don, I, I, I'm leaving this church because I got to go to a church where the supernatural takes place. What? Let me tell you what's supernatural. When a person comes and says, because I met the Lord Jesus Christ, I am not who I used to be. Well, let me tell you what's supernatural. Are you with me? I used to be a man who's full of anger, but now I'm full of the joy of the Lord. Let me tell you what's supernatural. On a Sunday when this church doesn't have a service and, and, and there's no one here holding an offering basket or ushers walking through the aisle to say, hey, you need to give your money this week. We still have an offering of $9,000. Let me tell you something. That's supernatural. You know what the supernatural is? It is something that is that you cannot explain why it is, but you also cannot deny why it is. Let me tell you what's supernatural. 19 years ago, I was told to come to Centerville and be patient until the doors closed. And here we are, 20 years later, over 26 years later as a ministry, still changing lives, still doing stuff. So you can go chase the supernatural or you can be the supernatural. It's up to you. 
God will honor our faithfulness. Let me tell you something. I've cast out devils. I've looked a devil in the eye. I've had a devil speak to me. If you're not discipled and ready for that, I don't care how much you want to see the supernatural, you might wind up like the sons of Sceva. And some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about because you don't read your Bible. You better be ready because when you meet the demonic, that's not the time to pray. You need to already be prayed up. Our church, listen, I want you to take a moment and gauge how you fit into Firm Foundation Ministries. And I, I'm not going to apologize about that anymore. I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for that anymore. Because this church belongs to us. And we have to own what belongs to us. That means not only do I come to get something, but I come to give something. I come to be a part. I come to make it what God is. I come to participate in the open door of opportunity that the Lord has set before a group of people because he's seen our works and he knows we don't have the resources to do what he's laid in front of us to do. But that's why he's with us. Our church is like the Philadelphia church. God knows our works. And I am, I'm, I'm tired, I'm tired of monkeying around with people who aren't interested they just want the benefits without the responsibilities. Yeah. I'm old. I'm, I'm getting old. <laughs> I'm, you know why I love these young people? Not one of them complains about any responsibility I give them. I've never asked one of these young people to do something, and they've never looked at me and said, that's not my calling. They just did it. They just, I love hanging out with them. You know why? Because it's new. It's fresh. I can do that? Yes, you can do that. And come on, I'll do it with you for a little bit. And then I'm going to, hello, somebody. Then I'm going to do it. This is what we should be doing. God knows. And we're like this. He knows his people at Firm Foundation Ministries in Centerville. He knows that we have focused on caring for people. God knows that we've focused on equipping people through Bible studies, through discipleship courses, through Bible college, through all these things. God knows to our investment in missions. God sees that. And our gift to support missions and the, the greater part of the kingdom, God, it's been there. There's the Spirit of God that says to us, seize the day. So I want to encourage you to look forward and hope. I want to encourage this church to, 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 to think about the exciting doors of opportunity. See, here's the problem, though, when I think about that door is I pre-picture what it looks like. And so in my mind, if I come up to a door and it doesn't look like that, what I've pre-pictured, I might not walk through it. Sometimes I've got to let the picture go so that I can maintain the vision. Sometimes I've got to let the picture go so I can maintain the vision. That's why I love Nehemiah. Do you know he had a plan? You read the book, he had a plan. And do you know when he got there? We got a punt. Change of plan. We think that 
52 days is an amazing day. Have you ever seen the walls of Jerusalem full of a model like what they did in 52 days? 26 days they had it raised up all the way around the city to the halfway point. And the next 26 days they took and they, they finished the walls. It was in 52 days. But that is such a minuscule part of the 13 chapters. They were rebuilding infrastructure. They were bringing commerce back in. They were moving People back into a city, a city that was ruined, a city that should have been the glory of God when the rest of the world looked at it. But instead, when they saw it, they saw a ruin, a, a dead, rotten corpse is the way the Hebrew word describes what Jerusalem looked like. And Nehemiah shows up and says, no, 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 I've never been here. I, I have to travel over 800 miles to get here. And here I am. And this is supposed to be the glory of God. I got some work to do. See, what you don't understand is that even in that attitude, there was no way that Nehemiah could know that he was rebuilding the roads that one day Jesus Christ would walk down. He could not have known that. He was rebuilding the roads that one day Jesus would carry a cross on. He could not have known that. You see, this church is doing some things that you have no idea are building roads that one day Jesus is going to walk down into someone's life who otherwise would not have been able to see him. I'm excited for those roads that we are building that I know nothing about. And I want this church to be as excited about that. Uh, the welders went away for a weekend and we talked about legacy. We literally talked about what's the five-year plan and what's the ten-year plan. Scary thoughts. Because in that conversation, we had to admit that there may be some of us who might not even be here. You want to talk about legacy, you better talk about who's carrying on after you're gone. See, I get to, how do I get you excited about what's been done? How do I show you a door that Christ has put in front of us? And let me just, the diversity of this congregation. David McFarland's going to be here in May for the graduation. He's from Argentina. Right? we got Brazilians. Now, Argentinians and Brazilians don't really get along. Hello, somebody. But I told him, I was like, can't wait. to Congratulations, Argentina won the World Cup. And I said, it, it was funny to me as an American to watch Brazilians have to root for Argentina. And he said, you have Brazilians in your church? And I was like, oh, yeah. They're, and they're, they're, they're rooting for Argentina and Portuguese. He said, I cannot wait to meet Brazilians who are rooting for Argentina. Spanish speaking people listen some of you people speak Dutch listen I don't even speak English I speak Southernese our, our, our church is so diverse in its community and its culture I love it some of us don't have the same color skin we these are all things we should celebrate these are, some of us are older, some of us are really younger, right? Some of us are, 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 are we're still finding Jesus in, 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 in old time hymnals and, and the gospel hymnals, and some of us are finding Jesus in rap. The community that we have built is a community of people from all nations. 
There are people to be reached here yet. People to be one from Christ. Don't look backwards and mourn for those who, who aren't here. Look, don't look backwards and worry about those who've moved on, right? And just quit coming to church, right? The past will take care of itself. You and I have to look forward at the open door, the witness of God and His Spirit. You and I have to look forward at the open door that this church is being offered by the Spirit of the Lord. And I need to show you something, church. I need to show you something. You'll never, ever, ever see it unless you seize the day. Spiritually, physically, and financially. Don't focus on what we don't have. I said, let's not focus on what we don't have. Let me just say something. In my, my 19 years in this congregation, uh, and uh, Doug and Nancy and uh, Mike and Donna Rod and uh, some of those others who, who have been here from the beginning, uh, Begley's, let me ask this church something. Name one thing. Name one thing that the Lord has put in front of us that he has not accomplished. One thing. God has given us identity and resources. And he's given us the ability to reach to teach and to love people. And we need to hold fast to that. Hello, somebody. Come on, worship team. We need to hold fast to that. Deb Bontrager, can you make your way up front real quick? Uh, sweetheart, can I have that um, microphone right there? Today, at the beginning of this year, I want Firm Foundation Ministries to hear what the spirit of the church is saying to Philadelphia. I want this church to hear what the spirit of the church is saying to Firm Foundation Ministries. I set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. Some people in here suffering from ill health. That's an open door to teach people that God heals. Some of us are getting older. It's an opportunity to demonstrate what Christian maturity looks like. Some of us may have financial shortfalls. That's an opportunity to train the unemployed. Some of us may feel depressed. It's an opportunity for personal growth. Some of us may feel tired and worn out. Come on, church. That's an opportunity to learn how God, how God refreshes us. Some of you listening might have some anger towards a brother or a sister in Christ. And you've made up your mind that that'll never be worked out. I would say to you, I believe that the Lord has set before you a door of opportunity that no one's able to shut and I would also say to you that with patient endurance, wait for the Lord. There's no way that as pastor of this church that I'm going to believe that nothing will change. There's no way that I'm going to invest myself in Kesara Sarah. I want to be as outrageous as Robin Williams was on a desktop 
and shout. Carpe diem. Seize the day. 2023, the Lord is promising us an open door that no one's able to shut. And you and I have to seize that day. Deb came up during worship and she said, Pastor Don, I just feel like now's the time. That's what she said to me. Now's the time. And I feel like I should share that because I think there are some people who have been waiting or wondering or are thinking about some things and wondering what that was about. This year has been a challenging year. It started out with my nephew dying at the age of 47. It has been several people have gone through this. They have lost a lot of lives in this church and family members around the end of the year has just been overwhelmed with as many deaths as it was at the beginning. In fact, they had to postpone my nephew's funeral for two weeks because there were so many. Some of you think, I am young, I've got time. God says there's no guarantee for tomorrow. If you haven't made that decision to come and be with God and invite him into your heart, now's the time. Do not delay. My nephew was 47. My grandson was 35. My friend's grandson who passed away this last week was 23. You don't get the opportunity too often to be like my mother and be to the age of 94. That is rare. But I'm telling you, they need to know the Lord now because there's no guarantee for tomorrow. There is peace and comfort in my heart knowing that these people knew and loved the Lord and that they're going to be with me again in heaven. But do you have that guarantee? You need that guarantee. And if you haven't made that decision, it's now. The other thing that was going through my mind is we have an opportunity to pray. We have strength and power in prayer. And God says when we're a body united together, there is more power here in this church than any other time. We have an opportunity coming for the next 21 days to be praying. Have you signed up? Are you there? Are you praying? Because this is our answer. When we went through COVID, we had a prayer time like this. And there was growth and strength within our church that was unusual. But it was God moving. It's working. We've got people out of work. They're going to be wanting food. They're going to be wanting clothes and things. And how are we going to pay the bills? They're worried about what's going on. But we can be praying for these people, praying for answers. Wherever two or three are gathered together, God's there. And he hears those prayers. And he answers. Take the opportunity to pray for people during this time because many changes are coming. VBS is coming up. We have the opportunity to reach children and change their lives. But how many people are willing to do the work behind the scenes that needs to set the stage ready to go? We need volunteers. We need people helping to do the artwork and the things that need to go on in this church as we decorate because we do a lot here. We have an opportunity to be in a part of a life group. One of these things that is so great about this church, we have a groups that are here for us where we can unite together. Our group last night, when we got together, there were so many that had health problems or family members that had health problems, but we were together and we could unite and pray for each other. Miracles have happened within that group and healing power has been shown many times over. And it's because we're there constantly thinking for each other and uniting and lifting each other up. 
don't miss the chance. We're going to be talking about more of this as the year progresses. You've got opportunity here. All you have to do is get up and move. God says, get up and move. If you haven't made that decision, make it today. If you need to take and find a place to plug in, here's several opportunities that you've heard about. Life groups, prayer time, VBS, get involved with the youth. The youth here, don't feel like you're useless. I know a young man who's 16 years old who has been leading VBS for quite some time. He's on fire for the Lord, and he's excited about what's happening there. And to see this young man working and moving, you have opportunity. We need those young minds and ideas and your strength and energy to get these old bones up and moving and going again. We get tired. We need you. We need your help. Please listen to God. Listen to him today. Why don't you stand with us in this place? And we're going to give you a moment to respond, as always. Obviously, in the next 21 days, we'd love to see you in the evenings, if you can, 5 to 6. If you can't because of work and that's still too early of those things, you can take that hour, that time, and pray. Uh, for the Tuesday morning group that normally gathers, that's been moved to the afternoon. So... Um, just want you to remember that. Um, if you can't stay for the full hour, you can pop in. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, Breno's going to have it all laid out, what we're praying for that night. And uh, there'll be a little time of worship and those things. So we're just going to press in. If you're pra pra praying and fasting over, you know, fasting over some things, fasting is not complicated. Please don't make it complicated. What are you fasting about? What are you setting aside for that? What's the time frame of that? And every time you're reminded, you pray, right? So every time I'm, I'm thinking about little Debbie Cakes, I'm reminded to pray for us as a church. So, you know, probably 10 or 20, 15,000 times a day, I'll be praying for the church. Father, we love you. Thank you for this word today. Hallelujah. Bless you, Jesus. We sing this song often promises I feel like it's prophetic for us as we start this year Your face. 